2: Emergency smoke exposure regulation is, of course, a good thing for safety, but the table to rate a concern remains questionable. More after this. At Corteva Agriscience, we believe farmers are strong, resilient, and capable of great change. You give your land purpose, you manage it, protect it, keep it sustainable. You help humanity keep growing. Together, we can show this world what we can make of it. We'll help you get the most out of every acre. We'll help protect your crops from pests and weeds. We'll help you capture the insights that will make next year even better. Corteva Agriscience is a US-based company whose sole focus is agriculture. And we're here to transform the future of farming with advancements in seed, crop protection, and digital agriculture. To support the next generation of farming, for the next generation of farmers. Learn more at Corteva.us. The Emergency Wildfire Smoke Exposure Regulation was passed less than two weeks ago and operators need to be compliant now. The regulation states that when the air quality index reaches 151, measures need to be taken for outdoor workers. AgSafe president and CEO Amy Wolf said everyone agrees that worker safety is important, but it remains an issue that the AQI is judging when the particulate matter in the air is dangerous.
3: Not a single person out there is in support of or in favor of our workers working in unhealthy conditions. The frustration here that we're using a measurement to trigger when we perform provide additional personal protective equipment or we move our workers out of these conditions that doesn't in any way actually measure the pollutants that we're most concerned about.
2: I'm Taylor Hillman for Agnet West.
6: In today's Farm and Ranch headlines from Agnet West. Sign-ups for the market facilitation program began this week as part of the most recent installment of the assistance package approved for farmers affected by
2: the tariff situation. More after this. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe farmers are strong, resilient, and capable of great change. You give your land purpose. You manage it, protect it, keep it sustainable. You help humanity keep growing. Together, we can show this world what we can make of it. We'll help you get the most out of every acre. We'll help protect your crops from pests and weeds. We'll help you capture the insights that will make next year even better. Corteva Agriscience is a US-based company whose sole focus is agriculture. And we're here to transform the future of farming. With advancements in seed, crop protection and digital agriculture to support the next generation of farming for the next generation of farmers. Learn more at Corteva.us. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is issuing
6: 16 billion dollars for the second trade mitigation package. USDA Chief Economist Robert Johansson noted some of the global implications that had to be considered in the development of the relief program.
4: We wanted to put this package together to help producers uh, mitigate the effects of this very damaging tariff situation they're in right now. But we also wanted to make sure that we uh, maintained our uh, commitments to our WTO obligations. We wanted to uh, make sure that we were putting this program out in a way that was legally defensible from our WTO trade agreements. So MFP payment rates and the Food Purchase and Distribution Program purchase payments are based on USDA's estimates of trade damage due to this ongoing trade situation that we have right now that has persisted longer than we expected.
6: I'm Brian German for AgNet West Radio Network
7: looking for a new place to eat delicious food at a great value the tri-City center in Redlands is proud to announce the grand opening of a fine new dining establishment Terry's diner at the former location of the spunky Steer in Redlands is officially open for business daily from 6 a.m to 9 pm with delicious mouth-watering breakfast lunches and dinners treat yourself to Terry's tasty dessert menu such as Terry's famous Sundays banana splits hot fudge cake old-fashioned root beer floats frosties cakes and pies, too. You'll find weekly lunch and dinner specials, all under $10, including Angus steaks, burgers, Greek salads, pasta seafoods, with wine and beer. Terry's brings years of tasty temptations from DJs in San Bernardino and Altaloma. Join a new tradition in Redlands. Stop by at 1350 Industrial Park Avenue between Tennessee and Alabama in the Tri-City Center. Google Terry's Diner Redlands on Yelp or find them at TerrysDinerRedlands.com. K C A A
3: Marin Brinker. I'm Tobin Brinker. So we are on the brink the morning show on KCAA AM 1050 FM 106.5 and FM 102.3. So glad to have you with us on this beautiful Wednesday morning. And before we jump into talking about last night's debate, Tobin, talk about uh, the event that you went to last night at the Mexico Cafe.
5: Yeah, so a longtime San Bernardino police officer Richard Lawhead retired last night and they had a little party for him at the mexico and i'm I'm being quite uh facetious when i say little that place was packed and it was really quite heartwarming to see uh dignitaries and regular folks from around the city uh that just jammed into that room to to honor and support this man who has really been one of those uh uh, special police officers and and people sharing stories and he retired a lieutenant right he did he retired a lieutenant and um or a captain um, was he a captain? I think he was a lieutenant. I'm lieutenant. not sure. Okay. Um, maybe he's a captain. I apologize. I should probably know that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, it just was a really wonderful party. And, you know, Rich is this great guy who's got a great sense of humor and a lot of great personal relationships. And, you know, each person who got up there to speak, there was a lot of joking back and forth between uh, uh, Rich and the, the people who were there. He was a captain. He was captain. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't want to demote him. <laughs> He, he, he's, he's been through a lot lately, and I think that the, the heart of the community has really embraced him. Um, his uh, longtime gr- girlfriend, uh, Marissa, uh, was injured in a, a horse riding accident um, a few months ago and suffered a very severe brain injury, and we've all been following his posts online a, a for her recovery. And I think a big part of, of what convinced him that he needed to retire was that, that he needed to have time to really be with her to help her through her recovery, which I think is just, it's, it's complete, it's, it's rich. It's just who he is. He, you know, leads with his heart. And, you know, but they shared stories about him, you know, when he was the union president, using some of his union funds to, to do outreach in the poor communities and stuff of the city. Uh, 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 Terrence Stone told a story about the skinny Santa Claus uh, <laughs> over on the west side, a skinny white Santa Claus handing out gifts, and he got this call, you know. <laughs> And he went over there, and it was Rich. That's awesome. And, and, and was making jokes about, where do you find such a skinny Santa Claus suit? But, uh, uh, and of course, Rich is uh, tapping his stomach because they're not so skinny anymore. But uh, it was just funny. I mean, there's just a lot of love in that room, and um, just wanted to honor him for his many years of service. Uh, I'm glad I went. And, and I, I really didn't go with the intention of, of speaking or anything, but uh, Rich saw me in the crowd. And called me out because it was my birthday yesterday and had them singing me happy birthday at his party, which was just, you know, again, classic rich, always making it about other people and uh, just a great guy. And um, I was just glad to be there.
3: Now, you, the two of you used to be pretty um, uh, strong political opponents when you were in the city council and he was a, in the, he was a union president at the time. And there were, you know, uh, the 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 the. So the, the union was, I mean, the, the city was already in financial trouble.
5: It was one of those interesting relationships where, um, you know, the union endorsed me when I ran, when the economy was good. And when we had to start making cuts, the relationship turned sour. And, um, and, and but even, even when the relationship was sour, Rich and I maintained a good personal working relationship. And this, is, this speaks to his character, right? Um, and, and, and that's a hard thing to do when things get tough. And I remember him calling me up and saying that he had had a conversation with the resident about some street lights being out. You know, we're we're fighting over budgets and things of this nature, and I'm in the you know, and I'm getting ready to run for re-election, and his unions endorsed my opponent, and, and all this, but he felt that it was the right thing to do to let me know about this issue in this neighborhood, you know, and and so he called me up, you know, uh, and that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that he would do, uh, and he's just a decent guy. Um, and so, yeah, you know, sometimes politics relationships can get a little weird, but I've been out of politics now for a lot of years. And Rich is a good guy, and I wanted to be there to say thank you to him for his service. Um, and I'm I'm really glad that I that I went. And again, there were so many people there. I mean, it was it was almost like a, a reunion of who's who in San Bernardino, right? Um, and just everybody wanted to be there for him. Um, I wish I could have stayed longer, but again, it was my birthday. I had other other places I needed to be. You had a
3: wife that was waiting for you at home.
5: Yes. But uh, uh, but I'm so glad I did stop in um, and uh, participate in that so, great event.
3: Richard Lawhead, thank you for your many years of, of service to the city of San Bernardino. Uh, wishing Marissa a speedy recovery. I know she's been through some uh, challenges as you've been posting online, and we're she's in our thoughts and our prayers, as are you. Amen. So not that he's up and listening if he's retired.
5: Yeah. Well, I'm going to send him the link now. You better <laughs> listen to this, Rich. <laughs> All right. We've had him on our show, too, a bunch of we times. Have. Uh, we he's have. He's always been a good guy to call in and share with us things that were going on in the city. So
3: so on to the show that was last night. Yes. So the Democratic Party's ideological divide was on full display on Tuesday night as Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren faced a fuselage. Fuselage? <laughs> Something. Tomato, tomato of incoming fire from more moderate presidential contenders determined to cast their proposals as too costly and unrealistic and a sure path to re electing Donald Trump. And I honestly think that that is true. This is from Real Clear Politics. Yeah. Warren and Sanders fended off one blitz after another from low polling centrists who repeatedly derided their government heavy policies as fairy tale wish lists that would alienate swing voters, limit Americans' free- freedom, and inevitably raise taxes on the Middle class montana governor steve bullock who i've never heard of i've never heard of him
1: oh i've
5: heard of him
3: okay well you're super and i'm not yeah so uh steve bullock who was appearing on the debate stage for the first time assailed warren and sanders support for medicare for all as a plan he and former representative john delaney of maryland faulted for abandoning uh, 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 abandoning Obamacare and eliminating eliminating many Americans' private insurance plans. At the end of the day, I won't support any plans that rips away health care from individuals," Bullock said, noting his success as Dem- as a Democrat in a red state that Trump carried. This is an example of wish list economics. It used to be Republicans that wanted to repeal and replace. Now many Democrats do as well. Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, who needs to just give up the ghost. Yeah, I mean not like die, but her campaign ghost, yeah. uh, who is fighting to keep her campaign alive, tried to provide a voice of reason as well as moderation. We are more worried about winning an argument than winning an election, she said, in an apparent reference to a number of liberal proposals that would never pass a GOP-controlled Senate, such as Medicare for All, the Green New Deal, and decriminalizing all border crossings. Now, decriminalizing all border crossings is ridiculous. I know. It's ri- No country on the earth um, unless there's a like, I mean, so outside of the EU, where there's a relationship among EU members, um, allows you to do this. Everybody has borders. Every country has borders. Yeah. And if you if you if the borders come down in the United States, the United States will cease to be the United States because there's only so much that we can carry yeah. um, as as taxpayers. Uh, people coming in from. Poor countries wanting to make a better lives from them live for themselves are eligible for many um, social welfare benefits. Their children definitely are, and there's only so much that that we can support. It's not being racist to say, "Hold up, we just don't have the money for that."
6: That's
3: chumbacasino.com. No
2: purchase necessary. Avoid. prohibited by loss. See terms
5: and conditions. 18 plus.
3: But it's not, yeah, it's it's not xenophobic to say that. It's not xenophobic to have standards for who comes in and who doesn't. You know, people who want to come here, they're they're not criminals. They want to come here and make a life, um, yes. uh, and uh, uh, a in a measured way, meaning the number of people. I have no problem with that. Y'all come, but we need to be able to discern the difference. But when they're standing at the border before they come in,
5: yes, and and. Our government, our country, should have the right to decide who who gets in and who doesn't right, yeah,
3: so um, uh, Warren and Sanders of course uh, Warren and Sanders were you know out trying to outflank each other on the left um, uh, but apparently, real clear politics says that uh, the one of the winners last night was definitely Elizabeth Warren,
5: yeah. Well, you know, it's fascinating. Um, A lot of people thought this debate was gonna be Warren versus Sanders, right? That the two of them were gonna go toe-to-toe and try to out-liberal each other, but that's not how it worked out. The two of them in in the, and I didn't see the debate, but in the articles that I've read, essentially had each other's back and were defending their, their liberal positions, but that Warren just did a much better job of that, you know, that she's much more articulate, much more thoughtful, and, you know, Bernie has this tendency to get kind of gruff and loud and, and, and seemed like a crazy person? Yeah, and, you know, I think in, in, his supporters last time around saw that as his passion and his true belief. But um, when he's standing next to someone who can articulate those issues better in a more calm way, he comes across as, as you said, more crazy um, and less, less polished. And so I think he lost ground war and Warren gained ground in that respect. Um, the fascinating breakdown, though, is really that, that centrist-liberal divide and the other uh, next winner that they had on their list was Steve Bullock, who was this governor of uh, Montana, and uh, he was making the case for this sort of moderate approach, right? This this uh, you know standing up for what we would think of as more of a traditional Democratic ideas, and it used to be that political uh, battles were won in the middle, right? Uh, who could win the hearts and the minds of moderates and centrists because the two parties were fairly evenly matched. And it was those undecided people in the middle that you were going for. And it appears in the last several elections that both parties have essentially said, "Nope, the way to win is to just fire up your base and get your turnout there. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see if the moderates can win this argument and get the nomination. Right?
3: Well they want to pull people away from Trump because as Trump goes out there and still uh, continues to say inflammatory things yeah. um, they they want to seem like the reasoned measured centrist um, that is as is a response to Donald Trump yeah. um, you know if, 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 if Donald Trump would shut up then then you would you know they would really the focus would just be on the Democrats at the moment yeah but he, he, he keeps going out there and saying crazy stuff. And often racist stuff and ridiculous stuff, or things that can be turned, you know, that can you can argue that maybe I'm done with that. He says so many things that his supporters are like, "Well, he didn't really mean it that way." Yeah, yeah, he did. If he's if it happens once, then oh, okay, it was just a flub. But well,
5: it happens all the time for him, so I don't I don't believe that. And the latest thing with with. Uh, uh Republicans, and I have a lot of Republican friends who are lifelong Republicans, um, is that they want to look at each of his statements just in isolation, ignoring, as you would say, this long history of saying these other things. Yeah. And, and when you look at the, 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 the preponderance of all this stuff, it paints a pretty clear picture of the man. Yeah. Right? But when you ignore it and you just look at each one individually, it allows you to sort of you know, play this little word game of, well, he didn't really mean it this way in this one. Yeah, he right? did. Right? And, it and,
3: happens over and over again. The, yeah, it yeah. did. And so, yeah, it,
5: yeah it, it's the, the Republicans are really, I think, they box themselves into a corner with trying to defend Trump on all this stuff. You know,
3: So Steve Bullock says, this is how he describes himself, I'm a pro-union, pro-choice, progressive Democrat who won three elections in a red state, not by compromising, but by getting stuff done. And I hate that compromise has become a dirty word. Yeah, I know. I, I hate that, because, yeah, you did have to compromise. You wouldn't have and, been able to, quote, get things done, get stuff done, unquote, yeah. if you hadn't done some compromising. Um, he said, that's how we win back the places we lost, by showing up, listening, and focusing on the challenges of everyday America. I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, yeah, you have to listen to the, your constituents, um, yeah. uh, and and most constituents aren't uh, running as hard as they can to the left.
5: I, I like that bullet called Medicare for All. Wish list economics. Yeah, you know. So we've heard voodoo economics, triple down economics. Well, the Democrats have wish list economics. I think that's going to become a thing now. They've got their wish list economics, and it's it's not it's not real. You can't do it, and you know. And the moderates were defending that. You know, that people have insurance right now. And if you go to America for All, everyone's going to lose their insurance.
3: Right. And nobody wants that.
5: And all those insurance companies are going to go out of business. All those people are going to be, you know, laid off. And nobody's going to have insurance. You're just going to have whatever the government says you have. And and I think that's very, very scary and economically just not workable. And I'm glad that these people are poking holes in, in Warren and Sanders' Wish list economics.
3: So he um, on immigra- on the immigration front. Bullock was also prepared. Uh, other candidates wanted to decriminalize border crossings to push back. The governor, uh, former secretary, former state attorney general, invoked the last Democratic administration. "Quote: A sane immigration system needs a sane leader, and we can do that without decriminalizing and providing health care for everyone." And that's not me saying that. That's Obama's homeland security secretary.
5: Amen, brother. Amen.
3: Right. Uh, Bullock mixed it up with Sanders and with Warren, laughing off a mispronunciation gaffe, all the while displaying a cool, steady oratory and command of the issues. His challenge now is staying in the conversation by qualifying for the next debate in September. Um, and so, you know, he's going to be it, – it'll be interesting to see – how the media, how the mainstream media, the the NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, how they treat him. Yeah. And New York Times, um, because, you know, they, they, they really do pick winners and losers.
5: They do. and so,
3: Especially on the Democratic side. So are they going to give him any press or are they not going to?
5: So I, I've been perusing a lot of the articles this morning about the debate. And he gets good mention in most of them. The guy who's li- next on the list in the article that we're referencing right now, which is from Real Clear Politics, uh, John Delaney, did not. So in in the Real Clear Politics one, they're saying, oh, he was one of the winners. But most of the other ones kind of dismissed him. And and funny in a funny sense, though. So did his own campaign because <laughs> uh, it says his own campaign reportedly tried convincing him to drop out. Um, his case hasn't won over more than one percent of voters, um, and so apparently. You know, uh, he's struggling. And so I don't know that he had the real breakthrough night last night that they're, they're hoping he had.
3: I got to be honest, I can't even picture what the man looks
5: like. Yeah, exactly.
3: I, I, I don't know, I know Bubkiss about him. So, yes. you know, maybe it's time to, to, to bow out gracefully. Yes. Although I suppose, you know, if you're in the game, you've already spent the money, you at least want people to know who you are by the time you leave so that when you come back, you go, oh, I remember that guy. Yes. You know, and maybe that's what he's going for.
5: Yeah. Well, apparently his, his big thing last night was uh, uh, he made his case about health care, he sa- but by making this comparison, he said, when we created Social Security, we didn't say pensions were illegal, right? We can have big ideas to transform lives, uh, he said, before labeling himself as a, a big dreamer and entrepreneur, as big a dreamer and entrepreneur as anyone. Okay.
3: Um, what's the fatal flaw in that argument? Social Security is bankrupt. Yeah. It is it is we're in Medicare is mm-hmm. is bankrupt. And both of those two things together um are are a huge drain on the national budget. Huge. Yes. Huge. People are living far longer. The the planning that they made was grossly undervalued. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're using that as an example, it's not a good one. Yeah. It's not. Yes. So but with for th-
5: but for the people who rely on them and those are the voters he was talking to for them those those are positive things
3: so with that we do have to take a break we'll continue this after the break I'm Aaron Brinker and I'm Tobin Brinker and we are on the brink the morning show on KCAA we'll be right back
1: hey Ryan do you have any beer in the fridge
5: nah I thought you got some
1: ah the game starts in five minutes
5: and you drank the last beer at midnight on Friday
1: I wish there was a place that delivered beer
2: yes I'm Captain Crafted I'm here to bring you beer That's Captain C R A F T apostrophe D. Why? Because there's no E, just a D, as in deliver, because Captain Crafted delivers.
7: That's right, the Crafted Beer Store in Redlands is now open for business with great prices and deliveries of your favorite beer, wine, spirits, water, ice, and mixers. Did I mention their great prices? That's C R A F T D B E E R Store.com or Fred Crafted Beer Store on Facebook.com. Make it easy. Google Redlands Beer Delivery. Look for Crafted Beer. Crafted Beer Store
2: in Redlands is now open for beersness. And I'm here to deliver.
7: Here's a great place for something special. It's Porter's Prime Steakhouse in Ontario's Doubletree Hotel. The perfect place for dinner with friends or business clients. Enjoy their delicious U.S. prime beef or their wonderful seafood. You'll be happy with the different choices of tasty treats. Call 909 418 4808 Porter's Prime Steakhouse in the Doubletree Hotel at 222 North Vineyard in Ontario. That number again is 909-418-4808. Taper Trucking in
5: Azusa honors and salutes our local veterans for their bravery and sacrifices. Taper Trucking encourages all area businesses to add a veteran sense of duty, integrity, and elite skills to your company's arsenal. These dedicated men and women have been entrusted with the mission of our nation. Imagine what they can do for your company. That patriotic reminder is courtesy of the proud family and staff at Taper Trucking in Azusa, where they are urging all local businesses hire smart and hire vets. The Inland Empire's radio home for the Dave Ramsey Show.
6: If you want to mess around with the Bitcoin thing and you're in that world a little bit, that's fine. But don't put your freaking life savings in it, doofus. KCAAradio.com.
7: Broadcasting more local radio programs than any other station in California, we are KCAA. KCAA.
3: Aaron and I'm
5: Tobin Brinker. And we
3: are on the brink. The morning show on KCAA AM 1050 FM 106.5 and FM 102.3. So we're continuing our discussion about the debate, and uh, let's pick, let's start with the losers. Um, of last night, losers. I said the that losers. so I'm right. You're so kind to the I, losers. I know. I don't. I didn't mean it like that. So number one on the Real Clear Politics list um, in this article is Bernie Sanders.
5: Yeah, Bernie.
3: Bernie. So Warren's Tuesday night strength inevitably takes some wind out of Sanders's sails, and I think more and more he's just looking old and dottery. Yeah. Or old and crazy you know yeah. and and you know you, he needs to look vibrant and and it's the crazy eyes it's not it's not even just the white hair it's you know he comes off as looking crazy yeah to me
5: well and and it's interesting you know he he got so much traction last time cuz he was the anti hillary but in this race there are so many other choices and in in politics they like to talk about sort of what lane each politician is in, and he and Warren are in the same lane. They're in that liberal lane, right? And so when people who are, call themselves liberal are looking for someone to support, uh, they have lots of options. They have lots of choices now, you know, whereas in the last election, it was, your choice was either Hillary or, or Sanders. Here they've got lots of choices, and so his support is being diluted. And you know, when you have these other people to contrast him to, he just doesn't come across as, as cool and energetic as he did last time. Instead, it's coming across, like you said, as that crazy old guy. And and, and this is really hurting him. Um, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how much, you know, what happens to his poll numbers. You know, Warren's been ticking up, ticking up. And at some point, you know, it, it, you'll hit a tipping point, And I think his support will, I don't want to say it'll collapse because because he ran before, I think he's got a solid base that's going to be there for him throughout the primaries. But I don't, I don't, I don't see him going. He's he's got a lower ce- ceiling, I think.
3: I, I would agree. Um, at one point last night, um, Representative Tim Ryan uh, of Ohio questioned whether Sanders' Medicare, <clears throat> excuse me, for all plan would be as good as the benefits union members fought to negotiate. Roughly six hundred thousand u- union workers in Michigan alone would be forced to give up their private insurance. Uh, this is uh, 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 according to Jake Tapper, who was one of the mo- moderators. By the way, I'm a huge fan of Jake Tapper. Yeah, I, I have followed his career, um, and I think that he is uh, very rational and very. Um, uh, he's he's a journalist. So and that and that is uncommon at this moment. But he is a real journalist. A, a
5: different um, article said that the real winner of the debate was uh Joe Biden because the moderators uh, essentially were asking the kind of pointed questions like this and pointing out the kind of facts like this that that would really help a more moderate candidate to win.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sanders appeared um, overly exasperated, just like he had the last time, lacing into Tapper for using a, quote, Republican talking point and pointing out that health, the healthcare industry is advertising during CNN's debate coverage. Wait, don't ask me questions at America.
6: Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Jumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Revoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
8: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
8: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
8: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: J-j-jumba.
8: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Can people really want to know you're advertising for the healthcare industry? And of course, I can't do his accent, yeah. so I'm not even going to try. Um, yeah. You know, not being from New York. So, um, yeah. I, 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 Sanders, you're going to have to get out of your own head because yeah. that is—the union members, the unions stand to lose the most because they have generally these Cadillac plans.
5: Well, and, and and by the way, and the, and the unions are going to hate to have to admit this, but this is how Trump won those Midwestern states. He won over those blue-collar union Democrats uh, with his trade war rhetoric and his, you know, I'm fighting for you to bring your jobs back rhetoric. Yes. And— What are they going to hear from the Democrats? They're going to hear, I'm fighting to take away your health care. It's like, hold
3: up. (laughs) It's what gives him the ability to lock up people at our borders.
0: Former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke said he would reserve the right to criminally prosecute those who illegally cross the border. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders argued a mother and child walking a dangerous path to cross the border are not criminals. Author Marianne Williamson was the most Googled candidate. Round two tonight features Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and eight other White House hopefuls. A Walmart employee in South Haven, Mississippi, who lost his job after bringing a knife to work, faces murder charges. He's accused of shooting two managers and a police officer at the store yesterday. The officer, who was wearing a protective vest, will be okay. Martez Abram remains hospitalized after being shot by another officer. Fake websites are popping up in the wake of the Equifax data breach settlement. The credit reporting company had a breach in 2017 that exposed the data of
6: 150 million people. Those affected can get $125. The Federal Trade Commission warned this week that scammers are setting up websites that are practically identical to the
0: official one in an effort to steal more data. That's Mark Mayfield reporting. And a Las Vegas pizzeria is looking to cash in on the Valley's grasshopper invasion. Starting today, Evil Pie is selling a pizza topped with grasshoppers. In a Facebook post, the restaurant's owner says the so-called Canyon Hopper is made with goat cheese, caramelized onions, arugula, and lime and garlic roasted grasshoppers. Bon Appetit. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. (laughs)
3: It's time to take a look at our roadways. I'm Aaron Brinker. In Ontario on the 10 westbound before Archibald, uh, and this is 2 Vineyard Avenue. There's a SIG alert. The two right lanes are closed to a clean, due to a cleanup from a major wreck. There's some stop-and-go traffic backed up from Edawanda. The Haven on-ramp to the 10 West is also shut down, uh, and this is a fatal accident. The two far-right far lanes remain closed. Uh, eastbound lanes are open, and this is probably going to take a while to clean up. In Upland on the 10 Eastbound, before Mountain, a solo rollover is along the right shoulder. The only Only minor slowing is being reported on the eastbound side. The 210 West is busy between the 15 and Euclid. This has been your traffic report. Drive carefully, everyone. I'm Erin Brinker, and this is KCAA. KCAA Weather Center. I'm
0: Lori. Sunny for this morning with an afternoon high of 95. Mostly clear overnight with a low of 65. Sunny with a high of 97 for Thursday. Mostly clear overnight Friday. Sunny with your high at 99. Jumping up to 100 for
3: Saturday and Sunday as well as the Monday. I'm Lori broadcasting live from the Tri-City Center at the 10 and 210 freeways. We have the trifecta of talk in Southern California. KCAA 102.3 FM Riverside. One 6.5 6.5 FM Redlands and the
0: Legacy 10:50 AM Loma Linda San Bernardino
8: Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs you can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson, fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right, As for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Hi, this is Todd from the Flip Flop Investors Show.
7: Join us every Thursday at 4 p.m. where we talk about real estate investments here in the Inland Empire on KCAA, 1050 a.m., 106.5 f.m., and now 102.3 f.m. K.C.A.A.
8: Something
3: I can hold on to. Welcome back. I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA. So we got to talk about Beto O'Rourke.
6: The last loser.
3: <laughs> loser! So... He really
5: needs to go. Yeah. He needs... I think he needs to needs to drop out of the race. His polling numbers have been dropping, dropping, dropping. I because think he's, he's weird. You know, I think at his height, he was up at like 6%, maybe 7%. I think he's down at like 2 And And, you know, each time... The more time he gets in front of the camera, the less people seem to like what they see.
3: Okay. Because, you know, the... Let's be honest, the media covered up a lot when he yeah. was running against Ted Cruz because well, they really hated Ted Cruz. And now he's not running against somebody that they hate. He's running against a lot of other Democrats, yes. and they're going to tell the truth about what a nut job he, he is.
5: He's experiencing, to a, a greater degree, the same issue that Bernie is, which is that you know, he was in a, a campaign before where they loved him because the, con- the competition he was against, one-on-one, they thought was terrible, right? Yes. And so that, that, by comparison, made him look great. But now, in a wide field with lots of options, uh, you, his flaws are quite apparent, and people are like, eh, he's not that great.
3: He is a prep school spoiled rich kid yeah. who um, who uh, has appropriated a a Spanish-sounding nickname. Yeah. You know, Beto is a, is a Spanish-sounding nickname, but he's as white as I am, yeah. and... Um, Frankly, a fraud, because he's never really had to be productive in his entire life. He was a a congressman for like five minutes, and uh, he lost against Ted Cruz, and now he thinks he should be president without having paid any dues at all.
5: So one of the things that'll be fascinating to me as this election works itself out is going to be all the money that was wasted on the candidates who didn't really go anywhere. And Beto O'Rourke raised a ton of money, right? Millions of dollars and um, because he was this, this hot new thing, right? Yeah. And I think they're going to look back and say, wow, that's what? money and dollars that could have gone to... Y- yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so this is the challenge of the kind of primary with such a large field. There's a lot of money is going to be raised and spent for candidates who will never end up going anywhere, and the people who supported them are going to have less money to give later on because... Yeah, they... but they're still going to have plenty of money. Yeah, I know.
3: They're still going to have plenty yeah. of money.
5: So I think, I think we're done with the debate... We're going to watch tonight. Tonight's debate will be interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about Katy Perry, Aaron.
3: Katy Perry. Now, I know you're a Katy Perry fan. I
5: am a Katy Perry fan, But it turns out Katy Perry cheated. Well, she or copied, her producers cheated she or She copied whatever. her music from somebody. She did. Yeah, so she, she got taken to court, and a nine-person panel decided that her song, Dark Horse, sounds too much like a Christian tune called joyful noise
3: which is a which is a rap tune and there's a there's a video um, on YouTube and I should find it honestly now that we're talking about it where um, uh, that you put them side by side and they sound exactly like each other yeah they really do yeah I, I've,
5: I haven't seen the video but I heard about it like the, the, they're indistinguishable right? yes yeah um, and a jury's verdict um, uh, basically said that she improperly copied the 2009 Christian rap song and this is a rare takedown of a pop superstar. And we've had other people in the past who've tried to say, oh, they copied my song. And it usually those cases kind of fizzle out or they get settled sort of quietly and whatever. But this one actually went all the way. And uh, now it's going to be a battle over the damages, right? Yes. And it was a unanimous verdict from a nine-member federal jury in L.A. So um, you know, how much money is he going to get? from this
3: well they should get a lot of money yeah. um, she made a lot of money from it i mean it's got a good beat That's the reason why they uh they lifted it yeah um and i'm glad that uh i'm glad that they got called out because there are so many artists out there who who never break who never make it so to yeah. speak really talented people who for whatever reason um uh you know they 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 just they never break through the way Katy perry did and um you know for her to then just just lift and take that intellectual property is you know where the other while the other group is pretty you know is not anywhere near as well known that's really unfair and it, yeah. i'm glad that this that this ruling was the way and it landed the way it did
5: yeah it's funny though the the argument from uh, Katy Katie Perry's attorneys was that the uh, uh, the song sections in questions represent the kind of simple music elements that if found to be subject to copyright would hurt music and all songwriters. One of the defendant's musical experts actually testified that the musical patterns in dispute were as simple as those in Mary Had a Little Lamb. And therefore, we can't, we can't copyright no. them. We can't protect them. No. Because they're just too simple. Anybody could just sort of randomly make that sound. And you can't just, you know, because it's so simple, Aaron. Uh,
4: <laughs> no.
5: No. No. Right? Um, but in the decision that left me in the courtroom surprised jurors found that all six songwriters and all four corporations that released and distributed Perry songs were libel. Perry was not present when the verdict was read.
3: Well, she pays people for that.
5: Yeah, well, she's probably too busy sitting at home counting her money. <laughs> Crying over the one she's going to have to get back. <laughs> oh, this poor dollar bill has to go back. Oh, <gasps> This dollar bill has to go back, too. Yeah, so sad.
3: It is sad, and and I, you know, I am. Uh, some of her songs are kind of hooky and fun, but yeah. I I wouldn't call myself a fan. I I don't like her singing.
5: So so my sense of fandom really comes from the fact that I shared the Carrie the Katy Perry experience with my daughter, with our daughter, and that she liked Katy Perry, and that we went and saw the the concert video movie together, and we would listen Aww. to Katy Perry songs when we're driving in the car together. And we would sing along together, and it just became kind of a fun father-daughter thing. And um, and and you know, you know, I can recognize that Katy Perry is not the greatest talent out there, but she made some fun music at a time that really spoke to our Aww, daughter.
3: Oh, that's so sweet. So, yeah. So uh, you know, it reminds me. Um Uh, well, her music is very, it's very poppy. And I, you know, hearkening back to A Star is Born, um, we we had talked about with that movie how um, you had this great songwriter, not that Carrie... Katy Perry was before, but he had this great songwriter that played by Lady Gaga, who then, when she became a pop star, was singing the <laughs> same kind of garbage that all yeah. the pop stars sing, and you know, which is such an indictment of the industry, you know, that you are that I mean, the, the, the that these artists are kind of interchangeable,
5: yeah. We both love the the new movie of uh, Stars Born that came out last year, and um, you know, they really do show that transformation of yep. her character. That you know, in the beginning, she's this raw talent and by the time she gets to the end when she's famous they have turned her into this sort of pop diva cookie cutter. cookie cutter sounds like everybody else yes and you think of the song that she was singing at the beginning versus what she's singing at the end and you're like what yeah exactly <laughs> same person
3: what? exactly and 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 i have to say if that the, the character that was that they both the characters that that she um uh and oh my gosh i've just forgotten the, the bradley cooper bradley Cooper. thank you he was so unrecognizable in that movie that that i had to you know it's like i had to remember that it was him i I would I would love them together, and I would love his character. That music that yeah. was actually written by um, uh, Willie Nelson's kids. Yeah,
5: Promise of the Real is the name of the band. Oh
3: my gosh, they're so good! Yeah, they're so good. Right, and it's just raw music. I love that.
5: I would go and pay. We would both oh, go and pay to hear that. Hundred percent.
3: Hundred percent. So, yeah. so on to other uh, celebrities who are annoyed with uh, with the industry. Bruce Lee's daughter has a bone to pick with Tarantino.
5: Yeah. Now, I still have not seen the movie. Todd talked about it yesterday, but I want to go see this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and um, you know it's popular with uh, critics and audiences. But there's at least one person who's not happy with the film, and that's Bruce Lee's daughter.
3: So And, and I, don't, I don't blame her. She's talking about her dad's legacy yeah. at a time when there's a lot of people on this earth who have no idea who he was.
5: Well, and there's been a lot of movies lately that have been about him. And I think that the family feels like they're losing control of that image, right? Um, the iconic martial artist is played by Mike Moe in Tarantino's film. And spoiler alert, there's a scene involving a fight between Lee and Cliff Booth, the stuntman character played by Brad Pitt. Um, Christina Lee doesn't like the way that her father is portrayed in that scene, particularly the idea that her father, who in reality tried to avoid fights, would challenge someone to a fight, right? Um, it was uh, really uncomfortable to sit in a theater and listen to people laugh at my father, she tells the site. He comes across as an arrogant, beep beep, um, who was full of hot air, um, she adds that the real Bruce Lee, as an Asian American at Hollywood in the 1960s, had to work a lot harder than people like the white protagonists in Tarantino's film in order for himself to be taken seriously. So, you know, um, uh, she wasn't happy with that. and I get it, right? Yeah, I get uh, it, too. She goes on and says, I can understand all the reasoning behind what is portrayed in the movie. I understand that two characters are anti heroes in this sort of like a rage fantasy of what would happen. And that they're portraying a period of time that clearly had a lot of racism and exclusion but they didn't need to treat Lee in that way in, in, in that, that white Hollywood did when he was alive. Right? Yeah. And yep. so, uh, yeah, interesting uh, take on the movie. Again, I'm super excited. I've got to go see that one, Aaron. Y-
3: you got a couple gift cards for your birthday. I
5: did. I'm going to probably, that's probably what I'm doing
1: this weekend. I'm just saying.
3: But we need to buy, so we're your trying-
1: Earth date, we talked about ways to prevent wildfires. Now, we'll talk about what's encouraging them. In a warming climate, the air holds more moisture. It draws more water from plants, making them drier and more combustible. Summers become longer, which extends the fire season and gives fire-prone lands more chances to burn. Expanding development also puts more people in fire zones. Human activity starts four out of five fires, which increases burned areas sevenfold. Drought across the west, intensified by development and agricultural water use, makes fires more likely. But one of the strongest contributors to fires are fires themselves. Wildfires, it turns out, can make their own weather, which causes them to spread. Two of California's biggest fires last year produced devastating firestorms. Towering flames heat the air, creating a rapidly rising updraft, which pulls air into the base of the fire, feeding it with oxygen, and increasing the intensity. These updrafts may eventually spiral into what's called a fire whirl, essentially a tornado of flames with winds up to 150 miles an hour. Meanwhile, smoke fills the air with particulates, on which water vapor can condense, forming thunderheads above fires that can produce lightning and start more fires. Scientists are now studying fire weather and recreating it in lab conditions to better understand how to control wildfires once they begin. I'm Scott Tinker.
0: Earthdate is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin with support from Schlumberger, helping oil and gas companies increase production and efficiency while lowering environmental impact. You can hear more EarthDate stories at earthdate.org.
8: It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all new Ocean Aquatics check out their variety of exotic tropical fish along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the mall with a heart
7: looking for a new place to eat delicious food at a great value the Tri-City center in Redlands is proud to announce the grand opening of a fine new dining establishment Terry’s diner at the former location of the spunky steer in Redlands is officially open for business daily from 6 a.m to 9 pm with delicious mouth-watering breakfast, lunches and dinners treat yourself to Terry’s tasty dessert menu such as Terry's famous Sundays banana splits, hot fudge cake, old-fashioned root beer floats, frosties Cakes and pies, too. You'll find weekly lunch and dinner specials all under $10, including Angus steaks, burgers, Greek salads, pasta seafoods with wine and beer. Terry's brings years of tasty temptations from DJs in San Bernardino and Altaloma. Join a new tradition in Redlands. Stop by at 1350 Industrial Park Avenue between Tennessee and Alabama in the Tri-City Center. Google Terry's Diner Redlands on Yelp or find them at TerrysDinerRedlands.com.
4: Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. Drilling into metal isn't all that difficult, but knowing a few basics before you start the job will make it go more smoothly. First, be sure to wear safety goggles, not glasses, when you're drilling into metal. They help keep any tiny flecks of metal from getting into your eyes. Use a vise or clamps to hold the metal in place. Before picking up your drill, use a center punch to create a small dimple where you're planning to drill. That'll keep your bit from drifting. The dimple doesn't need to be big, just large enough to keep the bit in place. As you drill, keep a little light motor oil in the hole to help with lubrication and to keep the bit from overheating. One more tip. Don't try to rush the job by applying too much pressure on the drill and running it at top speed. You'll achieve better control and end up with a more accurate and cleaner cut if you use moderate pressure and keep the drill at half speed. Get more info at bobvila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila.
6: K-C-A-A.
3: Welcome back. I'm Aaron Brinker.
5: And I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are
3: on The Brink, the morning show on KCAA, AM 1050, FM 106.5 and FM 102.3. So the Wall Street Journal has an article that... <laughs> So it will, it will, yeah, you will have a reaction to this, I guarantee it. So amid an intense national furor over the, over the fairness of college admissions, the education, college admissions, the education department is looking into a tactic that has been used in some suburbs, in which, in which wealthy parents transfer legal guardianship of their college-bound children to relatives or friends so the teens can claim financial aid.
5: Garbage. So garbage, garbage, give garbage. Give your housekeeper, Cheaters. give Cheaters. your housekeeper
3: a bonus, so they'll, so they'll transfer, you know, guardianship to to your housekeeper. What
5: a crock of yeah bull,
3: exactly. You know?
5: And I get this. I mean, we 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 struggled, uh, you know, trying to figure out how we were going to pay for our kids. You know, our original plan was that we were going to maybe take out a second on the house to help pay for college, but then the housing crisis happened, and when our kids got there, we were we didn't that money was gone. We were scared. What could we do? We didn't have it. And, you know, uh, thankfully our son uh, got a full ride scholarship and our daughter got some pretty good scholarships, but, you know, uh, we scraped by, but transferring legal guardianship of your child to somebody who's not as well off so you can get hardship and get your kids some money. Yes. Oh my goodness. And this is from wealthy families who could afford it, but this is just their way of, of scamming it and try to get their kid in and get some some bennies.
3: Yes. So oh. the strategy caught the department's attention amid a spate of guardianship transfers here. It means that only the children's only the children's earnings were considered in their financial aid applications, not the family income or savings. That Garbage. that has led to awards of scholarships and access to federal financial aid designed for the poor. Several universities in Illinois say they're they are looking into the practice, which is legal. Our financial 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 aid resources are limited, and the practice of wealthy parents transferring the guardianship of their children to qualify qualify for need-based financial aid, or so-called opportunity hoarding, takes away resources for middle- and low-income students. Um, And this is according to Andrew Borst, who is the Director of Undergraduate Enrollment at the University of Illinois. This is legal, but we question the ethics. Question the ethics. This is unethical. There's no way to make this sound like it's, that it is anything but
5: unethical. Any rational person's going to look at this and say, you're a cheater.
3: Exactly. You're cheating the system. Yeah, a thief. And a thief.
5: A liar, a cheater, and a thief. So put the names out there. I want the names of every person who did it. Yeah. Shame them. They should be shamed.
3: So one Chicago area woman told the Wall Street Journal that she transferred guardianship of her then 17-year-old daughter to her business partner last year, while her household income was greater than 250 thousand a year. She, um, she said, she she and her husband have spent about 600 thousand dollars putting several older children through college and have no equity in their home. Oh, so they haven't managed their money well, and so now we, the yes. taxpayers, have to cover that. Yes. Um, they and hey, they have no equity in their home, which is valued at about. 1.2 million according to the property website zillow so then sell it
5: i live if in a 1.2 million two million dollar house and make I, a quarter of a million dollars I, a year i
3: can't afford it and it's totally it's i feel so bad for me <laughs> oh my god i'm poor. i'm
5: the working poor of america yeah no she, she
3: said she has little cash on hand and saved little for her daughter's education got two words for you toots boo and who sell your house wow i i am so sick of this i you i I'm supposed to we're supposed to to carry the weight because this woman didn't manage her money well? Yes. Sell your house. Yes. Buy a smaller house and use that difference to pay for your daughter. Also, you have no equity. Well, sell your house anyway and use some of your $250,000 to pay for it.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's just terrible, Erin.
3: Transferring her daughter's daughter's guardianship was largely a matter of paperwork, the mother said. Her business partner attended a court hearing with an attorney. She, her husband, and her daughter didn't even need to show up. Once the guardianship was transferred, the teen only had to claim... $4,200 $4200 in income she earned through her summer job. Oh my goodness. Today her daughter attends a private college on the West Coast which costs $65,000 in annual tuition. The daughter received 27,000 dollars in merit scholarships and an additional 20,000 in need-based aid according to federal uh, including federal Pell grant which she won't ha- which she won't have to pay back. The daughter is responsible for $18,000 a year which her grandparents pay. The woman and another Chicago area parent who spoke to the the Wall Street Journal said they followed the strategy laid out by a college consultant company called Destination College based in Lincolnshire, Illinois. The company said on its website it has saved families as much as $40,000 a year per student, and the website doesn't specify how. Scam. Yeah. The owner of the company, Laura Georgieva, uh, said she didn't respond to requests for comment. Other people who said they are clients of the Firm and spoke to the journal, said they were asked to sign a confidentiality agreement and not to disclose her strategy of transferring guardianship. Broad. The educate, right? The Education Department is looking at such transfers through its investigative arm. Its Inspector yeah. General Office said a person familiar with the matter. The office has suggested that the Ed Department add clarifying language to the Federal Student Aid Handbook. The suggested language, this person said, is if student enters into a legal guardianship but continues to receive medical and financial support from their parents, they do not meet the definition of legal guardianship and are still considered a dependent student.
5: Amen. Wow. I I right angry. I'm angry. It, it, like
3: this is like pitchforks, pitch pitchforks pitch yep. and torches kind of stuff, gang. Yeah, because your middle class families are are. Are working and your and your low-income families are working so hard to send their kids to college, right? And often have to make the choice to go to less expensive colleges because they can't afford the more expensive ones. Yeah. And then you have scumbags like this. Boo hoo! I make a quarter of a million dollars a year, and boo hoo! I've got no equity in my one point two million dollar house. Feel sorry for me. Yeah. You know, you've got to be kidding me.
5: Ridiculous. Um, so I, I, uh, I want to give us an, a quick other education story. I haven't uh, shared this one with you, but I just found it on the uh, SUN website, and I think it's fascinating. The Mountain View School District uh, has a school board member that just stepped down, and they're going to replace him with an appointment. And the board member is Marcos Meza, and he resigned on July 22nd and didn't give a reason, and they haven't been able to get in contact with him for why he stepped down. The uh, the school district put out a, a statement uh, it says Mountain View School District thanks Mr. Mesa for his steadfast dedication to our students and to our community. He was a champion for all students, Superintendent Douglas Moss said in a statement. He furthered our district's commitment to safe, tolerant, and inclusive, and impactful classrooms. Now they're going to be uh, uh, they're going to decide whether to call to appoint a replacement or call for a special election on August twelfth. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is that somebody has already expressed interest in the seat. Who? Randall Siniseros, a Uh, former Colton school board member. Is he moving?
3: Because he lives in Bloomington.
5: I think he's already moved. And now the the, uh, Mountain View School District is over in Ontario. And I think that he's already moved. And they have a quote from Randall. So uh, here's his quote. He says, being on the outside looking in is the worst feeling, he said. I want to bring fresh ideas, strive to eliminate fees, and address population growth and overcrowding. And then they say he served on the Colton school board from 2010 to 2018, and he lost his last election by 239 votes, um, and so uh, I can't. It kind of made me wonder the way this article is written and it's all sort of laid out so nice and neat. If this isn't a done deal, if this was like Mesa stepped down so Ceniceros could step in, you know. But we it, don't
3: know the story with Mesa. I, I, d-
5: I don't, and I'm, I'm I'm fascinated. But Randall is one of these guys who's been very politically active for years in the Democratic Party. And yeah, he's a big union guy. And he's run for multiple offices besides school board. He ran for water board. And, and uh, anyway, I just think it's fascinating. So
3: as more information comes out about that, of course, we will talk about it. So we're at the end of our show for today. I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm
5: Tobin Brinker. And we
3: are on the brink, the morning show on KCAA. We'll see you tomorrow.
7: KCAA Loma Linda.
6: Chumba Casino.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.